The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. You're listening to Angel Face Magic Hour, your favorite podcast for all things mystical, magical, and more. We get into so many beautiful conversations, so get your notebooks ready, get your brains ready, and get ready to expand your mind, your body, your spirit, your consciousness with me today on Angel Face Magic Hour. See you in the episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. I'm Grace Lannon, your host, and I'm really excited to share with you this episode. Today, we have back on the amazing Sloan Tate. She is a medium, and we recorded this conversation literally last year, and God told me to wait, 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 wait. Every time I try to put it out, it just wasn't the right time. So this week is finally the right time. And I'm so excited to share this conversation. I just went on a long hike and listened to the episode back because it's been so long. I wanted to write the show notes. I'm like, what do we even talk about? And of course, the conversation was perfect for me today to hear. And I know that all of you listening there's a reason that we waited there's a reason the conversation came out today but so much has changed for sloan and grown and expanded for sloan and myself um since we recorded this which was like november of last year i believe either november or december of last year and um i encourage you guys to follow sloan on instagram sign up for her newsletter all the things we talk a little bit about her offerings at the end of the episode if you guys are interested in getting a reading with her or anything like that i will put all the links to her site her socials and everything in the show notes and if you guys missed our first episode we recorded back at um 2021 Sloan was one of my first guests that I had on here, and I have had um, the pleasure of working with Sloan. I um, participated in her spiritual development circle a couple of years ago, and I'm looking forward to the next time I get to work with her. She just is so amazing, and every time I speak with her, ideas flow through and it was just a beautiful conversation we talk about mediumship we talk about healing and coming back home to yourself and sometimes the idea of success isn't necessarily what you think it is and sometimes the most successful thing that you can do is come home and see how much you've changed when we recorded this episode Sloan had recently moved out of Miami and was traveling and kind of figuring out where she wanted to settle and land. And she has since bought a home and she has since brought in relationships into her life and expanding in so many different ways, like both in her personal life and her business. And it's just so cool to just follow along on social media. If you want to see Sloan in a completely different light, we didn't watch this. I mean, we didn't talk about this on the episode because it had not come out yet and it was still a little hush hush, but she was on a reality dating show. So that was really fun for me to watch on Hulu. Um, Farmer Wants a Wife. So I'll put the links to that in the show notes. So I think that was really cool. But it's just so cool to see her put herself out there in so many different ways and not being afraid of 
being herself in every room and that's something that she brought up that really hit my heart listening back to it like not being not molding and bending yourself to other people's expectations of yourself and just showing up as yourself and being you authentically no matter what and that's something that I just admire so deeply about Sloan and I'm just so excited to share this episode so please enjoy and if you guys want to hear a little bit more from me I was on the typical skeptic podcast I was on his podcast back in March and this one we did a reading for the host Robert and did some healing for him and specifically around like visibility and being seen and um, growing and expanding his podcast so for me it cleared a lot of energy out and I'm just excited to see how that will affect my podcast because anytime I work on healing with others I work on healing with myself so that episode was kind of fun and we talk a little bit about crystals and cool stuff like that too so if you're into that I will um, link you to it and otherwise enjoy this conversation and don't forget in case I didn't tell you already we have a sale going on on my readings and my healing sessions all month Use the coupon code GEMINI in all caps and you'll get 25% off. And I love you. I'll see you soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. Today, we have a very special guest. We have uh, our second reprise guest. We have Sloane Tate on. So I'm so excited to talk to you. Sloane is a medium a healer. If you guys missed her first episode, you can go and check that out. It was like a year or so ago. So I know a lot has shifted in your life. So I'm excited to have you back on. But for those who haven't heard that episode or don't know who you are, I'm just going to have you introduce yourself. Just a little bit like who you are, your name, that kind of thing. Hi, everyone. My name is Sloan Tate, and I am a medium mentor and author, best-selling author of A Guide to Afterlife Communication. Yes. Yeah. So right. The last time that you came on, I was saying this to you a second ago, but that was right before your book came out. So I know a lot has kind of transpired at the time you were in Miami. Now, where are you now? I'm currently in Tennessee. I'm currently right now in an Airbnb in Knoxville, Tennessee, but I am on a venture of finding where I'm going to land um, in Tennessee. So I'm, I'm house hunting here, (laughs) city hunting, house hunting. (laughs) And is that where you grew up? Like around there? I grew up in a a town outside of Memphis, Tennessee, and that's where I've been living for the last couple months. Um, so I've spent a little time in Knoxville and Memphis. I've been teetering. I've also spent a little time in Nashville, but I haven't quite landed where I'm going to start to build so currently I'm I'm exploring and I think it'll be really interesting to listen back to this podcast and hear where I'm at once I land and decide (laughs) yeah what spark so you know I follow you on Instagram I love following you so you guys should definitely follow Sloan but so I've kind of seen a little bit like you've been traveling exploring but like what sparked you to decide to move out of Miami. I feel like you were like Miami, like that was you. So it's interesting and I'm excited for you, but I'm curious, like what was the like spark for that? Wow. What a big question. I know. Sorry. (laughs) 
You know, it's, it's interesting how messages come from spirit. I have devoted my life to being what I call the spirit led spirit guided. And I listen to my intuition, you know, I, and I listen to the premonitions I receive. I've been living in Miami for the last 10 years and loved it was all about me from Miami. And uh, suddenly, you know, it's interesting how this particular premonition came because I think there was always a desire of me returning home. I left for New York city, probably a few months after I graduated college and was in a deep healing state. I, my great grandmother was passing away. She hadn't passed yet. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I studied art in the city and was living in Mississippi. And I remember just being like, I want the opposite of this. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I was having really strong premonitions of me moving to New York city, ended up doing it Mississippi, Manhattan overnight moved to Manhattan, stayed there a few years and then moved to Miami and had the same premonition that I was moving to Miami. And so it was interesting when, and I think I always had this desire, if this doesn't work out, I'll move back home. Yeah. And so there was always this little thread going through, but that desire of, oh, if my backup plan ended up being something I had to look at because I realized like, why is that my backup plan? Why do I place that lower than making it in the city? Right. And I had this breakup with achievement. I felt that there was a decade of me rushing to reach achievements and do many amazing things led by spirit and um, work with many practitioners that were just incredible and, and build big relationships and spiritual communities that you can only find in this living and amongst this, the trifecta of LA, New York, and Miami. And, and then all of a sudden there was this lack of excitement. It was like, oh, like it's time. Yeah, it was, it just, I think that spirit guides you. And I think we often think about spirit coming to us in our dreams and big visions. It also comes in with feelings and desires, you know, it's, it's, and so all of a sudden Miami started to become this like literally all the gold started just to turn into glitter where mm. I no longer was so excited to take this workout class or like meet this person or be in this community or work with this healer. And it just all kind of became the same thing. And I loved the community. I loved my friends, my deep relationships that I had. And I think that kept me there for the last few years. But then all of a sudden I realized I just didn't have any future goals there. Like nothing excited me about, felt like I had reached it. I read, the, you know, I wrote the book. I had built communities. You got a freaking house. Yeah, I got, <laughs> like, got my dream place. I did all of the things. You did it all, yeah. And I still felt as if there was a part of me missing. And you feel like, that is like more the family side of it. Like 
or more like just the space itself like do you feel like it's because your family's there or just like that land itself is healing for you definitely being in the land it's very healing and um I, I as soon as I what's interesting is that I started to have fear like a big fear started coming up to me and this is the interesting part right because there's a lot of clients that come to me and are saying I'm feeling a lot of anxiety but a lot of that anxiety typically tends to be transmissions from spirit or some kind of spiritual communication that's getting muffled and so I myself had to work through that. Like I had to figure out like, what's the basis of this? What is the fear? And my fear was that I was going to fail. And it was like this bizarre thing that I was going to fail. Clients were still coming, still had money in the bank. Still, you know, everything was great. Had my convertible, my thing, you know, God had given me so much spirit had, you know, was still coming through, but all of a sudden there was this underlying fear. And I'm like, okay, what is the fear, right? Because I think the first um, obligation from spiritual communication that is being misunderstood, which is so common, right? Because me moving home was something that I like, I never even thought about, you know? It wasn't, yeah. wasn't something I would like, I was like, that's what spirit's guiding, what I'm being guided to next because I just never put two and two together, you know? And almost was like, no, got to make it in the city. Got to make it, got to make it, you know? And then all of a sudden this hit me and it was just like, you've already made it. Like, and, um, and I got to this root of like the fear was moving back home. I had this fear like, oh, I'm going to have to like leave Miami and move back home. And that's what failure looked like to me. Yeah. Well, I started visiting that of like, why does that look like failure to you? And before I knew it, I started unraveling. It's like, you know, I really do desire home. I, I, I do feel there's a craving there. It was like, as if I did this big amount of healing in Miami and New York and, and doing a lot of traveling and working with all these practitioners. And now it's almost like there's the, what, what's the point of the healing? If you can't be in the belly of the beast, right? Like yeah. It's great to like have all these tools, but if I can't be with the ones that I love and return back to family, then what am I doing it for? And I think that there's, you know, there's different quadrants of family and some people may just stay with their family. Some may stay in their designated family. Um, I'm lucky enough to have several different variants of what family means to me, but I think one of the beautiful thing of going back to the family I was born in is that they get to experience me not triggered. They get to experience me just fully loved and healed, you know, and, and I'm able to experience them in their fullness. And so, because I've done this work, so you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. It's like, it's one thing to be seen as like a medium, like a healer, like in Miami or New York, like where there's other people doing that, but like to go to fucking Tennessee where everyone's Christian and stuff is a big, big a way bigger thing to be able to be seen, not only like for your family, but like the community, like as accepted, that's like, that's a, that's a big deal. So I'm proud of you. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. 
I'm just beginning. Yeah. So you're thinking about getting like a house or renting apartment or something? I don't know if they have apartments in Tennessee. <laughs> I've never been there. <laughs> Thank you. You should come visit. Thank you I love you. that. And uh, Knoxville's a mountain city. So it's more of a university town. Memphis. Memphis is so cool. I love it. And um, they're in astrocartography. If we're going to get into this, I don't know if we talked about this in the last, but astrocartography is basically the same thing as your natal chart, but it looks at the same. So it's a screenshot of all the planets and stars when you're born, right? But it's a reflection of it on the earth. So there's different centers that you have for particular themes and um, planetary alignments that are based off the uh, geography of the planet. And it's, it's super it's, interesting. Yeah. So it's really interesting. It's really baffling. And it's really cool to see the synchronicities of it. Like when you look up, oh, wow, like I was living on my sun line or, you know, this, I hated this place. And you're like, whoa, my Mars line goes right over that. <laughs> no wonder, mm. you know, it's like, you, it does, it does make a lot of sense, but what's really interesting for me is that the Chiron line, not only the line, but literally like the hot spot of the area is directly over Memphis for me. Oh, interesting. So it's a lot of healing. It's a lot of past life, like people coming in, like as if I knew them, it's, it's a really fun place to be where, um, Miami was very much on my Neptune line. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, spirituality. Yeah, intuitive, like, connection. Yeah, so I really enjoy spending a lot of time in Memphis, and I'm exploring the mountains right now. But, you know, what's been beautiful is just speaking about there being a lot of Christianity here is that I'm just beginning and building what's to come here because I'm so excited. I, I really... Uh, it's amazing to see and connect with just like-minded people, you know, um, so many things of what the teachings say about, um, you know, we are reflections of what comes in our, our world. We truly are one is so true because I am in a conservative town and uh, let me tell you, I go to church. Okay. I go hunting, duck hunting. I've been seeing your, your all camo <laughs> gear outfits. Yeah, but like, that's like there can be beautiful beauty in that. It's not. It's like we can demonize these things, like hunting, oh. like it's like ill. But I think that is like that's how we were made. We just have stepped so far away from that. Totally. I mean, well, it's interesting because you know what I've recognized is that the city world lives very different from the city, the country life, right? And there's a big separation in our country right now that's going on. And one thing that I recognize is like, in order for me to be a solvent of this or have some kind of, you know, really do my part or work in it is to heal those parts of myself that are so separate. Mm, right. Yeah. And, and I live in two worlds. I'm a medium, like, and one part about being a medium that's so important is the study of self, but also the study of people and being able to understand different people and being able to articulate it, right? Because that's how we get our signs and symbols once they set, sit down into a reading, right? Mm -hmm. My, our, our signs and symbols come from our experiences, but we are only limited by what we know. So the more we are an experience of that, and I think 
that's something that's really interesting because life set me up for mediumship all my life. Like, yeah, I was born in the South. I was born in Tennessee. Um, but I was, I was in the horse world growing up as a kid. So it was very international. We were traveling a lot. I was, saw a lot of different people. It was very much like a carny life. Like we, we traveled to the same shows, you know, and there was different walks of life. There was three different levels of uh class there you know there was like the very wealthy there was the the people that worked with the horses the trainers and the catch riders and then there was like the barn help that were you know not making a ton of money but were taken care of by these bigger families and I got to see these things as a kid then I went to boarding school which was an international boarding school I went I mean everybody was different there you know and and then I, I just started traveling as a young kid so all my life I've lived. And I think art too, like having an art background, like, you know, that's my background too. It's like spirit will communicate in that language because that's what I understand. Like, and if someone was raised in the church, maybe they're going to give you symbols that are connected to the Bible or stories that you know, or whatever other religion. It's like, they speak the way you speak. <laughs> so it's like, they're saying like, the more you can find ways to understand other people I feel like that gives us more options totally totally and I think that the world would be a better place if we just understood each other and knew that we're all we genuinely want like to be at peace in our hearts no matter who you are even if you're doing disastrous things like our worst enemy is judgment true like I think when I first started doing like facials and stuff that was a big thing for me like assuming things about people and then more that I was working on people touching them it's like I can't assume how much money you have by the way you dress or what your like what your demeanor is I can't assume that you have this or that or like what you're gonna do at home like it's always shocking when it comes to like, I think class specifically, but also people's perception of things. I'm like, oh, this person's not going to be a jokey, funny person. Like I should just be really serious. And they're like the, that's what they want. They want to laugh and have fun. And I'm like, oh, I did not expect that. So it's, it's me. I'm the one who's judging them before they even talk so it's it's I think like the more you can work on people the more you can heal that for yourself too totally and I'm not just assuming things (laughs) yeah but I think also the objective of just learning to be yourself no matter what room you're in is the biggest superpower that you can ever articulate into the world and that's been a big lesson for me. And I think it's a big honor for my family to see me in that way of allowing me to be who I am. And, you know, um, what's beautiful is that I'm just beginning, like I said, and um, I'm really just beginning building community. And I really want to do a lot of in-person things, but I don't really have a lot of opposition being here I haven't had one person actually so um I think we're all the same like like I said everyone wants to feel that peace and love and and feel that sense of belonging and 
it's very funny how everyone, every religion, everything ties back to the same source, right? And even Christianity, who um, I think gets a lot of bad talk about uh, judgment of other people because there is this quadrant of um, Christians that feel the need to judge other people's life based off the Bible. And um, to me, I feel as if like, you know, no one's God. And I think when we play God, it can be really detrimental to our mental health. <laughs> I think that is so true. Even for ourselves, like when I'm trying to fucking finagle my life too hard and like figure everything out before it happens, like that is not helpful. <laughs> totally. <laughs> not at all. And I think, yeah, it's easy to say, okay, I can predict the future or psychic stuff or talk to spirits, but like, if it's going to be, yeah, causing you to have a, um, like a superiority thing of like, I can fix everything, then I don't think it's necessarily helpful. Well, I think what's interesting about it, the more deeper I get into spirituality and religion studies is that you just don't really ever know. And God is in the unknown. God is the unknown. And whenever you are in the unknown, that's when you're in with God. Whenever you're in possibility, you're with God, right? That's what the Bible says. So being able to find comfort in that and not be in the labelment of what your is happening in your life, but to allow it to flow effortlessly and to live in that possibility of creation is really where the magic is at. And I think, um, but I will say that the Christian faith is pretty much mediumship. Yeah. So. I mean, Jesus is de was definitely a medium <laughs> for so sure. Let's just like take that elephant out of the room. Like, obviously, yes, Jesus was one of the first like spiritual teachers that like hands on healing and all the things. Yeah. And he was talking about all things I can do. You can do more. You can do it more. Right. And then he also talks in, in the book of Acts, there's many explanations of mediumship. And then also, um, in Exodus, there's an excerpt where he says, in the end, many will have the gift of prophecy. And um, and I think that it's very clear in the Bible that that this is possible. And not only is it possible, it's healing. And it's, and it's basic, normal. It's normal. And um, I think another thing about Christianity is literally it is mediumship. The whole entire faith of media is mediumship. Because if you have the belief that Jesus was someone that walked here once on earth and you're connecting to the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit. Oh, you're giving me chills. That is mediumship. And that's exactly what I sit down and do every reading. So I believe that we've got to separate and let go of the governing and politics of religion and get back to listening and that's what my work's about. I really, I myself am in love with listening and I love helping other clients and facilitating containers where we can take a moment and listen because I know there's a lot of prayer in church. There's a lot of prayer everywhere, you know, asking for things, but I want to create a world where we really 
connect with that higher sense, feel empowered by it, confident in who we are and feel that connection to mother nature, that feeling of like, we belong, I belong here and I'm here to take up space and write my story and sing it out loud for the world to hear. Thank you. That was beautiful. I agree. I think like the more that we, it's like hard, I think sometimes to separate, okay, we know obviously what happened with the whole trajectory of everything with colonialism and all that. So I think it's hard to be like, okay, the, the church is not the same as God. So I just think a lot of people need to heal that. And for me, it was really shifting the language, like being comfortable saying God, things like that. Like, because I think for a long time, that was like weird. I was like, ew. A man, first of all, a man, even though a God I don't think is a man, but like in my mind, I'm like this beard, beard old man. But I think, yeah, it's like a big healing for a lot of people, even if you weren't raised religious, like, because it's so much ingrained in America. Yeah. But I, I think it's, it's important for us to do our own work. Right. And that's for me was my judgment on my upbringing and to heal this, the religious trauma that I received and, um, overcome that hump of my experience of those different, um, identities of God. And it's still a little weird for me to hear him (laughs) because, you know, but at the end of the day, God is no gender, right? Like it's nothing. God is nothing. It's everything and nothing. Everything and nothing. And, um, so it's interesting for me to hear that because especially growing up, you know, growing up being in the last 10 years in yoga studios and prayer circles it's very much she you know <laughs> so um the universe yeah but I think it's also interesting because it's like why not a him like I I I also um am willing to be loved by the male identity as much as I am the female identity that is it right there because that's the healing like for so for me and for so many people it's like not being comfortable receiving love from like the masculine and I think a lot of that goes back to people's daddy issues but I think it's all connected so it's very interesting to me to reframe those words and for me too like recently the last few weeks I've been doing prayer praying where I just, I just talk out loud, like as if I'm talking to my bestie, God, but it's been weird. Cause I'm like, okay, I feel weird saying out loud, but it's been really healing. Cause I will talk about things. And then the next day, like things have shifted. I'm like, okay, that's how I see that it works, that it helps me. And that doesn't necessarily have to be God. That could be your spirit guides or whatever. But for me, it's been healing to say that to say God as opposed to my guides or my higher self or whatever so it's been interesting yeah isn't that interesting it's a powerful word (laughs) g-o-d um amazing well I want to ask you about some of your opinions on some things so I see all sorts of bullshit on the internet um I'm sure you do too 
around people putting out channeled messages or whatever. So if someone was looking for a medium, obviously they could book a reading with you or with me or, you know, any of the other people on my podcast that I very much believe in. But like, if someone was looking for a medium, what would be like some kind of green flags, like a good thing? Like you're like, that's a person that I could probably trust to do a reading for me. And obviously we can look at testimonials and all that, but just like the first kind of things you would think of. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I'd be called to the person. Like they would just kind of light up and be thinking about it. Um, I also would come in with the expectations that sometimes you may be called to a healer that might just have one message for you. And then the other rest of it can be trash, you know? <laughs> um, and you might also just need to be triggered or not get what you need. You know, like we're not going to always get what we want out of these readings. And so sometimes, you know, you just, you, before you even get into a reading, you've really got to get to a place of surrender where you can, I like to become a skeptic before I go into a reading. So I sit back and really receive, um, and I have no expectations. That's, what's great about being a skeptic. I love reading skeptics because it's just, it's just the energy is just so much more open in some way. Um, because you know, resistance is kind of this, it kind of works the same way as manifestation mediumship, you know? So, uh, if you are like resisting it, it'll just be louder and it's a little bit easier for the medium uh, in my perspective. So I would prepare myself in that way before I go into a reading when I'm choosing a medium. I mean, I definitely would look at reviews. I would listen to other people asked as a referral. Sometimes I feel called to someone. Um, and you know, it's a really unregulated business. So even if they are verified as a medium, um, by some kind of organization doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be great. Every medium is kind of variant and different. I would definitely look up and see their style. You know, you can yeah. kind of tell someone's style from their pictures, if they have videos, um, you know, the person that I'm going to channel is going to be different than, you know, the person that, um, you know, an older woman that's medium for, from England would, you know, that lives a different life, right? Like I'm going to channel someone different and, um, not that your loved one that you want to speak to won't come through, but it's like, it may be, um, different because I am, we are limited by our experiences. So I think that's a big thing. I think, um, I really want to be careful around, you know, once we start talking, any medium that really starts talking about dark energy, it's different to be saying that like, either you're going through a hard time or, you know, be specific, you know, <laughs> don't just be like, there's some dark energy here. Yeah. Like, or like you have a curse yeah. on your bloodline or <laughs> So that's the thing. There's a lot of lazy mediums where they will give you blanket statements or might not get so down into it. And um, you want to be careful around dark energy, those things, because, you know, we all go through different moments in time. And, um, you know, a shadow is, is a different variant of color that makes the rainbow. And you're going to have not just, you know, we talk about ourselves, like we're in polarities, like there's the light in me and there's the shadow. 
And that's just not the case. There's the light in you and there's very many different variants of your shadow that make a beautiful orchestra. And so, um, depending on what you're going in your life, like you want to be careful around that of, especially someone saying that you have, um, something attached to you or you have any of that kind of weird stuff or, oh, pay more for me to cleanse this energy because no one can cleanse it from you. Like you've got to go through the work and that takes time because you've got to go through your healing cycle all the way through it. And sometimes that is through a period, a woman's period cycle. That's our natural, um, rhythms cycle. So it, it or sometimes it may take years, but like, you've got to be the person that does that inner work. Um, and I think that it's best to go to mediums that you're really looking to connect to someone that's crossed over going to a medium, trying to figure out the rest of your life as in a psychic form is not going to be really that fitting for you. You're really going to want to make sure that you're coming from that place. And lastly, I would really, I would honor mediums that, um, would give refunds. I think that's an important thing to say is that, you know, you're not guaranteed to have who you want to come through and mediums are genuinely working. And I'm not saying if you're like dissatisfied because what you, you didn't get what you wanted to hear, but But if it was like genuinely just not what they said it was going to be. Yeah. If you were feeling like genuinely uncomfortable and felt that they were not ethical, um, I think that there should, mediums should definitely offer refunds in some way, because I don't think that that, um, I know that I've been in situations throughout my studies and I like to beep off through different mediums and, you know, it's just like, I don't know, you know, what happens with mediumship is is they lose their connection, um, because we fall right. And, and, in the history of time of the esoteric world, um, people fall all the time. And when I say fall, I mean, we get stuck in our desires or egoic desires and um, lose that preservation of spirit. And it's hard to walk that line all the time. And honestly, we're here to be adults, <laughs> not adults, but we're here to be humans. So we're going to slip like that's only natural. And, um, and we learn to come back right every time, but mediums are at fault of human error. So sometimes they may come in and project something on you that doesn't feel accurate to you. And you are welcome to not take that. Um, and I think before you go into me reading, really being aware of that. And just to know that you can ask for your money back if you felt uncomfortable. And not only is it important, it's a, it's a, it's an important thing because we are very much shaping mediumship and spiritual businesses right now. And so it is important for us to do such things so we can create a stable economy and, um, and leave feedback for mediums so that we can truly grow as a community. And I think too, like, you know, 
as a reader, like that might hurt my fucking feelings, but that's not the point. Like, that's not the point. Like I might be upset, like, oh, I didn't do a good reading, but that's okay. Like we don't, like you say, like we're always learning and it, it's not necessarily true that everyone is a person that you're supposed to read. Like you might be able to do really accurate reading for Joe and I don't get any shit for Joe. So if Joe comes to see me, he might not be happy and that's okay. Like it's, it's not, it's not the same every time you can't like predict it. And also I think there's a big difference between a healing session and a reading. Like you could heal from a reading, like you could get that information and it's going to set you up for your healing. Like you said, it might happen in a month. It might happen in three years, but if you're going to do like Reiki or some other type of healing, like it might move through, through things through you faster, but it's also a time frame too. And sometimes, you know, I will have seen like spirits that are kind of lingering around with people, but I'm never going to say to them, this is an attachment and you have to pay extra money and blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to have that conversation with the spirit say, why are you here? If they don't have a reason to be there, I can tell them, oh, you can leave. But I don't necessarily need to tell the client all that if it's going to be not helpful because I think sometimes it can be scary and the whole point is to to bring you into that peaceful connection not to bring up these unnecessary fears like they might not know how to handle it and there's no reason why to bring it up I think also just talking about what's happening you know like what's going on like is it worry like how are you feeling right now like not just leaving in it like there's an attachment and dark energy but like you know, attachment is a real thing, but it's something that is self-inflicted, right? Like if this person- It's like emotional. Constantly, yeah. Like if they're constantly worried about their child or, you know, whatever it is, like you can speak to that in the reading and go deeper within it or even speaking of the spirit's experience of that, right? But really our healing comes from the places where we think something's wrong, you know, so not that there are bad things that happen in the world. Like there's definitely unfortunate things that happen, but I think those moments that, um, we forget who we are, that we are these perfect, innocent light beings, you know, (laughs) They call the, my guides call it the innocence template, like going back to that. I love it. What is the innocent template? Mean? The innocence template. Like to me, it means like being able to take off, like imagining we're wearing like 37 coats and all the coats that we have on are, are like wounds, like pains that we have or things that we think about ourselves that might not be true. It's like being able to take off. That's just a visual they give me, but taking off all the coats and then you're just in your, you know, underwear. But that's like the innocence. Like we don't, these stories that we tell ourselves, however we pick them up, whether that's from our parents or past lives or the media or whatever, your family, it's like, we don't understand that they're not really us until we remove them. And then we're like, wait, that's not me. 
<laughs> I had no idea. So hard. Like yeah. These little ma- masks. Some people call them a mask. But yeah, exactly. Like, I think we just forget that sometimes. And I think it's important when we're seeing shadow or something like that in a medium reading to just speak to go deeper in it. What's the experience that's happening? Um, and like really get articulate and detailed about what's happening that's causing this, this shadow or like veil that's over it. What is the the coat, the template coat, like you described, or what is it, the mask that's being put on? Because we can just, I think that's where we need to be careful as mediums is not to get lazy and say, oh, well, this person wore a mask or, you know, they hid their feelings. Like, what did they hide their feelings around? What did it come from? What was the root of that? You know, um, we're very complex beings. So there's so much to dive into. And I think too, like, yeah, if it's, if we're trying to provide this evidence, like in mediumship, we're specifically talking about communicating with a, a spirit, like a human that was once alive, like, it can't just be like this tiny little thing for some people to understand who we're talking to. Like sometimes it takes a lot of evidence for the sitter, like the person receiving the reading to, to understand. And that might not come right away. They might be like, Oh yeah, that reading I got two years ago was Sloan. Like now I understand what the fuck she's talking about. So sometimes it does take a little bit of time. Um, So yeah. Just, uh, yeah, just, I think that's important to say is that yeah, it does take time. And I'm not talking about like you should feel there's moments that you can feel triggered, but yeah. like you don't want to feel um like you got ripped off. I mean, no, I there's moments where I've gone to readings and I felt like I got ripped off and then everything, you know, because those those are the readings that sometimes are the ones we're resisting, right? We get like a bucket full of things that we didn't want, but I know it hits differently in a way. It's kind of like, you know, there was some truth there. Um, It may not feel that way in the very beginning, but then at the end, it does feel that way. Um, But I just think that we do need to hold people accountable because there is so much bs out in the world like so much bs like um there's if you go on etsy it's just like a slew of like really spell like (laughs) let me draw actually I tried to buy this one time just because I was like, I need to know what happens. And I never got it in the mail, but it was a soulmate drawing from Etsy. And these people are like, I will draw your soulmate. And I was like, let me see what the fuck I get. And I paid like 20 bucks for it. And it, they never sent it to me. Oh my God, I'm but they're Etsy. supposed to like draw your soulmate. And there were views on there like, wow, like amazing. I was like, well, let me see what I get. And never got anything. So I was like, I guess I don't have one. I, I did that same one. Do you want to see mine? Oh my God. Yeah, I do. But yeah, <laughs> there's like such funny, like, and it's like, if you do it from a playful thing, like, let me just see what I get. Like, but if you're expecting a five-star reading from a $5 weird Etsy ad, you're not going to get that. <laughs> well, I think also, yeah, it's, it's a lot about having fun and um, but also when you're grieving a lot, it can be a safe space for you to go in when you're grieving, but it's, 
It is important. I mean, pretty much any time that we're healing, it's so important for us to go into communities that are safe because, but also at the same time, at the same moment, it's kind of like, you've got to go through your process. And sometimes the process, um, looks a little, what you don't want to Uh, see. Oh my God. Are you going to be excited? If I put this up there, do you think it's going to not come true? No, I don't believe in that. I don't, I don't believe in jinx. (laughs) He looks like, have you seen supernatural that show? I think she pulled him off. He looks like that, that actor. Oh, well, can you send it to me? Because he might be my lover. I'll send to- it to you. I'll send it to you later. He's, I think he's hot, but he's a kind of a short short king. I don't know <laughs> how you feel about that. <laughs> short king. That's no, but so I, funny. I was going to say is that I think everyone goes through their healing journey. And like, you know, you and I both love Britney Spears. And I just, we always feel like a woke Britney is what's going to like bring... I feel like a woke Britney is what's going to heal the world. I'm Um, very nervous about her postings as of late with, she had her birthday the other day and there was all these, not to get like conspiratorial, but I'm like, why is she posting these videos saying it's now when I am a fan, I'm a super fan. I know that's a video from two years ago. I remember that. And I just, I just don't, I don't get it. But I do think like it is she is a big representation I think for a lot of people in our generation of like this ability to connect with like sensuality sexuality but I do think she's been kind of obviously damaged in that through her whole conservatorship thing and all that isn't it kind of crazy that our entire culture damaged her in that way like it's just crazy to think about. I mean, I remember as a kid, like, I remember being like, Britney's not a virgin anymore. <laughs> yeah, when she had sex. Well, and I, I remember, know. like, the, um, when she made out with Madonna and Christina, and everyone was, like, freaking out about that. Like, oh, my God. And the, just the paparazzi in general, like, that whole concept. I'm like, wow. Things have changed a little bit about that. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I definitely think we've become more ethical. And I think we can all look back at Brittany and recognize that as a culture, we really did not make the correct decisions with it. But I also think that Brittany is definitely displaying, um, not that I'm a psychologist or anything, but she's definitely displaying um, mental illness. Like, yeah. And so I, I really think that, you know, and it's, it's, I, you know, it's hard as a medium because I see things from a very big perspective and I feel that it is big and transformational for us to be living in a time where we are so conscious of mental health. Um, And, you know, I think that she's a beautiful representation of healing and that we do go through this process of anger, sadness, you know, taking medication and like what that looks like or feeling discombobulated, just totally off our rocker. Right. Like, and sometimes you like go through shit and like, it doesn't mean that you're going to always be in that. 
Yeah. Like, even if it's literally a psychosis, like, I don't want to encourage anyone to no, go through go- that, but like, you can come out of that. Like, it's not a forever thing for everyone. Yeah. I think you can totally come out of it. And I think that, um, and I know this is hard to talk about, especially for my dear friends and family of like, you know, as someone that lives with a family member that goes in and out of those phases that just are wild to witness as an outsider, because you know that there's definitely something very real going inside in inside of them, right? You know, and um also my experience of having a family member that deals with these kind of um episodes is also like medication seems to support, but it's also this kind of like nerve-wracking thing of like making sure that you're taking these like hard drugs <laughs> at the same yeah, time. And it's hard because you have to get so much other phys like when I was young, I was on a lot of medications and it was like you have to go get your blood drawn, all that kind of stuff. So it yeah. gets complicated, but it is a miracle for certain people. For a lot of people. Yeah. That. But I think it's also for some it can be uncomfortable. Some of the side effects aren't feeling good, you know? And so by just to witness someone go through that experience, um, and especially so publicly, like Brittany, um, I think that it takes a lot of courage and my heart like always goes out to that. And I think it's also beautiful because Brittany's like, here I am. And this is what I'm experiencing. And I'm putting it all out in everybody's face. And I'm acting out, I'm lashing out, I'm angry. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting because people will say, well, isn't it wrong that she's doing this? And I I don't know. I don't think so. You know, like she's angry. She's been through a lot. And like, like, we can't necessarily police how people decide to express themselves right and I think everyone is kind of like an artist so they're you know she wants to post a naked picture of herself on the Instagram like that's where she's at and there may be some real pain and struggle that is unworked and unhealed under that that is causing a lot of um, inconsistent behaviors or maybe even like who knows what's behind that. But um, in the mediumship side of it, spirit always shows someone like this as a warrior, as someone that's here to sit and face um, a darker shadow of society, right? And like um, not you know, talking about shadow and like something's attached to you, but you know, there's a reason why everyone is born here. Like more educated women don't have children, right? We don't more, more there's statistics that show that women that are educated have less children. And that might be because of the society, but, or the way that the structure is built out around business and um, childcare and those things. But it's literally what's happening. So if a soul is choosing its destiny and its life here on earth, and if you believe that, then you've got to understand that 
then you must also accept that souls are also coming on this planet to learn. And that's why they're going into more impoverished homes, um, less education, like that is the case, right? Or like even more rural land, there's, you know, in Tennessee, people have, it's very common to have three or four children in the city. It's about one or two, you know, that's about it. And if you have three or four, like you must have be really banking because it's not comfortable, right? Or you must live in a different region. Or so I think if you understand those perspectives, you know that we are here to struggle. We're here to learn. We are here to grow. And it's definitely not about material wealth. It does not, um, you know, it does not have hierarchy in any context like that. We're really all here to go and life, we're here to grow and life is a really long time. So there's points in your life where you're struggling and you can overcome it and you can rise from it again. And there's moments where you may fall back into that struggle, but the less judgment we have for ourselves and others that are living out these experiences. And I'm not saying to not take action when needed, right? If like safety or anything like that is in, in question, um, And I don't believe that that's how spiritual intellect works because there's two sides to being spiritually led, two sides to manifestation, there's two sides to prayer. And that is that you set that intention, you align your belief system with what you desire, you want, um, to experience but the second part of it is you take action and so um i think that's important to state but we are all learning and being in that state of experiencing witnessing and um truly experiencing life with an open heart is one of the most powerful gifts that we can give the planet, the universe, the cosmos. I agree. I think it's very difficult to see, okay, like if I was born into, I'm a king, like, of course I picked my life. But then if you are not a king, then you might have these ideas of, oh, why did I fucking choose this? But it's not necessarily like you're saying all about the literalness of it, of I'm literally living this way. It's like, how are those things teaching you things? And what do they, you know, symbolize? It's very hard, I think, to literalize some spiritual concepts sometimes. So having the, the idea that, yeah, you can take the action. So, okay, maybe I was born this experience, but I still have things that I can do to make changes for myself yeah for sure it's not like I have to accept everything oh yeah totally but I think also it's just not like I think also you don't have to accept everything correct but I do think that there's a big part of us that sometimes reject who we already are. Right. And I think that's the part of healing. And you're talking about me returning home. It's just like me accepting 
I think there is a big part of acceptance that is required and it comes from you accepting who you are. And then when you accept who you are and um, let go of the resistance of who you're not, right? Um, because that's so much of our inner work. Like that's what healing is, right? Just to become yourself is that you then um, the judgment of other people and that it just kind of, it fades away because you don't see, you know, because you're really just looking at a reflection of yourself. Right. And, and this isn't a spiritual terminology. It's not like you're literally staring at that reflection, but what you are seeing is something that you're making up about the experience, right. With the things that you remember about the conversation, because most of the times we're not actually living in like what the physical world looks like it's actually we're living in our world so the things that you remember right things that pick up things that are triggering you things that excite you all those things are made up in your little world and um your big world right so when we understand that there it's like every human has all the emotions like we all have the same emotions there's no one that escape like you don't you know, like you didn't skimp out on sadness. Like God didn't like just not give you sadness, right? Like we all have all these emotions inside of us. And if we're not dealing with them or feeling them, they'll project onto someone else. And I think there's a little part of all of us that have Brittany inside of us because she wouldn't be some kind of pop icon that's having this huge cultural breakdown, right? No, I, we are all, the, we are the same. Yeah, we are the Excuse same. Me. I <laughs> I think it's, 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 she really is reflecting our cultural breakdown that's currently happening in the world right now. <laughs> that's how I think. Isn't it exciting? He's an archetype. And I think that's what's so powerful about it. My friend, um, she hasn't given them to me yet, but she got these or an Oracle deck that's like Britney Spears themed and she like someone gave it to her and she was like I have to give this to my friend Grace like this is perfect so you tell me about it because I I think I will I'm really excited I, and I'm like I think I've seen that you're probably going to need to plug that in this episode because there are going to be people asking about those oh yeah I'll put once I get <laughs> once you give them to me I'll post them on my Instagram um, um I have one more question before we close out unless there's something else you want to say no I'm just curious because I saw your stories when you were traveling a couple weeks ago, months ago, where you did a ghost hunting experience. I want to hear about it just briefly, but um, I saw you were doing like you had the EMFs and all that, but how was your experience as a medium doing a ghost hunt? So one thing I've loved about being in the South is getting to explore spirituality expressed here because it really is expressed in so many ways. Um, it always has been, but with my open eye, right? My third eye, I'm able to see more clearly and I've been able weaving through different communities. And I came upon this um, town, Eureka Springs, which is a vortex community. It has these healing springs that date back all the way to Native Americans and mob bosses, um, like people from the wild west used to go there to heal things like syphilis, <laughs> but also, um, native, uh, there's a story about a native American chief that brought his daughter there to heal themselves. And in the Victorian area, they went there to heal these. And it's really interesting because there's springs all around the town and 
the, it, the, the water is unique. It's very high in iron, which I guess mm. would make sense of why it would be like healing, but it just definitely doesn't taste good, but it has really po- profound powers. I love going through different vortexes. Um, and to me, vortexes really, you know, it's a plane in the inner, uh, it's a, it's a space in the earth where the energy, um, typically spirals down. Right. So like, it's almost as if you walk through and you notice that all of a sudden things start to become really slow, like molasses, sometimes emotions just come up where you start to cry and you don't understand why you're, you know, but all of a sudden you're having a profound like alignment. Um, and, Sometimes the vortex happens because of tectonic plates or the type of um, stones that are in the ground. And also it can come from um, different intentions over time set by people um, and energy, right? So this place, the Eureka Springs was very spiritual. I mean, synchronicity 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 and I'm a big spiritual travel person I can't explain it but it's like all of a sudden I feel like I'm being guided somewhere and then I'm like literally getting a free ticket there like it all like everything just roads store just start opening up and I get all these kind of downloads and I do a lot of healing work while I'm in these cities and doing this traveling and and then I come back and I write about it and I share it in my programs but in Eureka Springs I did do a ghost hunting tour and it was very touristy. <laughs> but I did have an experience with a spirit. I they asked, they said, you know, if anyone wants to be the pig, guinea pig. And um did anyone there know you're a medium or you just like were like, I'm not gonna say anything. I think I told them eventually, like there was a cool tour guide lady, and it was more really interesting about the history. Um, but you know, there's just I'm a spiritual medium. I work a lot with um, evidential mediumship. I mean, I am an evidential mediumship. So for me, I'm a skeptic always. And so I needed more facts. There just wasn't enough facts, but a blinking light, you know, and some heat temperature showing. Um, But I did have the doll heat up on the thermic camera, which my friend was holding the thermic camera and the light was beeping up. I did feel a spirit come through. I don't know if it was the same. She was saying, and the other thing I didn't love about it is that she was telling us about the experience. She was like, this is the, the little girl that's coming through. And to me, I wanted to have my own experience around it. And, um, I don't think, I don't, I didn't know if it was. It could have been a little girl, but it was, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. Have you ever been to like Eureka Springs? Have you ever been to like a vortex or Sedona? No, but I really want to go. I am close to Mount Shasta. So I've driven through, but I've never gone. I really want to go. Um, but I'm very intrigued. I feel like I think it's closed now, but I think there was a vortex in my house and there's all these gnomes that were coming up for a while when I first moved in here. Um, But I see it like it's like a spiral. So I don't know if that's a vortex or a portal. I don't know what you call it, but that makes sense to me that a vortex would be more like built up over time, like with the energy of the land, but also what we're doing on the land. Yeah. Um. 
but I've always been intrigued by like the, you know, the Zach Baggins and shit. I would watch those ghost hunters and stuff when I was like in middle school and high school, but I have never done anything like that. Like now that I've kind of opened up to mediumship and I, I would be intrigued. I don't think I could go to a hospital, like a, a, like a mental hospital kind of thing. I don't think I could do that, Well, but maybe like something like that, where it's just an object kind of thing could be interesting. Yeah. Well, what spiritualists believe is that there's no like haunting of spaces, but instead it's psychic energy throughout time. I don't know what I typically, I don't know what I'm really believing, but I do believe that I think that as intuitives, we're affected by the space that we're in. I'm very much a sponge and I try to hack that system as much as I possibly can and empower myself by the space people and um, things that I eat and wisdom that I take in. So I probably wouldn't be able to go to something that's like really lower energy, but, um, you know, I feel as if, um, it is kind of, a. I want, I'm in this phase of my mediumship where I really want people to understand that it's our time. And I think this is a good way to close out is that it's our moment. It's our time to get out of the dark seance rooms. It's time for us to get out of the closet, get out of our heads and get into action because the world is evolving quickly and we all have a part in this and it's our time to share, to show up, to make mistakes, let it be messy and show up to the table. Um, because the world is calling for it and the world is a better place as we show up as mediums. Right. So I want to give that message and anyone that takes my trainings, we have the, the spiritual development circle coming up and, um, should be unloading right as this is recording. And that's one of the six month containers that totally uplifts, uproots your life and puts you into the gear of being spiritually led by using the tool of mediumship to guide this um, deeper relationship with self. And um, and I think that right now in my life, I want people to understand that you can have the courage to do anything. And it's not about people feeling low energy. You know, it's like, we're no longer reading the room. We are influencing the room. And it's, it's time for money in our hands. It's time for us to be, have power and to be governing sources in our communities of power. So we can start to build different communities that of, of sovereignty and of light and of a world that we all feel empowered in and, um, give opportunities for healing. So Yes, I agree. Thank you, Sloan. That was beautiful. I think that is one of the most important reminders for people. Like, it's not only about doing readings. It's about taking the information and bringing it into everyday life. So I very much encourage people to check out Sloan's classes and offerings. I'll put all your information in the show notes so people can find you. And yeah, you, you, you are doing one-on-one readings too right now or no? 
Yeah, I'm still booking one-on-one readings. I have that SDC circle, um, which is a six-month mastermind. Like I said before, you get access to everything and I'm piecing together. Right now I'm launching a retreat. Oh, cool. That's exciting. Yes. I'm so excited about it. Um, I don't know if I should say much more about it, but, um, I'll put, I'll put the link in the bio when, um, yeah, send me all your links and we'll add them and we'll put a link for your book as well. So people can find the retreats are awesome. Um, we just got done in Sedona and that was absolutely incredible. And, this next one is in a really special place. So if you guys in, are interested, because the in-person um, ex- mediumship experiences are just really profound. So um, I'm not going to give any tidbits because I'm not there yet, but I um, it's in the works. So I'm going to just give well, you- Well, and this a- is going to come out in a few weeks too. So I'll check with you because you might be ready to share more. I will be ready to share the one, <laughs> but I'm just going to leave the link in the bio if anyone wants more they have to go and scroll. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. It was so nice to talk with you. And then yeah, everyone can find Sloan, check out all her stuff. And we will see y'all next week. Yeah. Bye. Thank you, Grace. Thank you.